Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I am ready to dive into today's topic. I was going to say I'm excited to chat about it, and then I was like, am I Am I really excited to talk about teeth? Hmm, yeah, I guess I am. I guess that's one of the weird things that dietitians like to talk about, <laughs> as well as poop and digestion and phytonutrients and all the things. Okay, all right, all right, let's pull it back. Today, we're talking about teeth. What does teeth have to do with what we're feeding our kids? And I wanted to talk about teeth because I get this response every so often, especially when I'm talking about baby led weaning, where parents will say, but my baby doesn't have teeth yet. I can't serve them table food because they don't have teeth. So today I wanted to chat with you about the fact that it is not about the teeth. (laughs) You can serve foods to your baby, to your toddler, even if they're missing teeth, if they haven't grown in yet, if they don't have any teeth, if they have just a few teeth, it really doesn't matter as far as if you're able to feed them table food. What it does affect, however, is how we modify the foods. So I want to do a little like, it's hard on a podcast, but (laughs) to like go through our teeth and talk about what they're there for. So our front teeth are to cut foods up. So taking a bite is really helpful. So to bite through something tough, like skin on an apple or a sandwich, the front of our teeth, the teeth in the front, cut through that like a knife. That's why they're thinner um, to make that impression and be able to actually slice through the biting or through the biting through the food um, and make contact. That's why they even have a little bit of a ridge or like a serrated. At least some of our teeth do. It depends, you know, where you're at in your teeth journey. Um, and they can actually cut through food. So those teeth are typically what we see come first with our little ones, right? Typically, not always, but typically um, we see those teeth come first so they can get better at taking off bites that they're able to chew. Um, and then we move back to the molars. And the molars are really there to grind the food up. So if you're eating while listening to this, take a quick bite of whatever you've got in front of you or the next time you have food in front of you, try this exercise and just realize how food moves around in your mouth. It typically gets bitten at the front of your mouth and your tongue pushes it to the back of your mouth and to one or the other side and your chewing actually starts to emulsify and grind down that food. You might switch it from side to side. You've got some saliva going all the things working together to get that food ground into a very small little bolus and pushed to the back of the throat to be swallowed. So what happens with babies? A lot of times we think, oh, we need to feed them them purees because they can't chew. And that's actually not the case. They absolutely can chew even with no teeth. And I know this can feel kind of scary, especially if you're doing purees right now or you're a little hesitant about starting baby lead weaning, or you know, maybe even you have an older child who still doesn't have their molars all in yet or anything like that. But I can assure you that the gums, especially where the molars are, are so strong. If you've ever been bitten by actually the gums, not even by the molars, even by the front, (laughs) their jaw is what's pulling their mouth together, if that makes sense. It's really strong. 
If you have ever been bitten by a toothless baby, you know that this is true. Even like the little tiniest baby, if you put your finger back by their gums and they start to mash on it, you can tell that they are strong. (laughs) They sure can start to bite through that food, even with no teeth. So let's do a quick recap. Teeth are not a requirement for starting table food. So let me put your mind at ease there. What teeth are, are an indication of where they are in their development journey, journey, and it might indicate eventually what we can and cannot serve to our little ones and how to modify it. Now, not hugely. I wouldn't say teeth is the only thing to look to once we start to modify foods differently for babies, but it certainly is a factor. So eventually as our babies grow and develop and grow more teeth, they get more proficient in using them, which means that we can start to maybe decrease the smushability of food and maybe have them be a little bit tougher, maybe not boiled for quite so long. Um, And eventually as they're able to manipulate food around their mouth even better, use their teeth to actually grind instead of just chop, which this is kind of also a progression of their ability Um, getting to that place is where right around four to five years of age, we start to introduce foods that previously were more choking hazards. So this is a progression. It does take time and learning how to bite the right amount, how to move it around your mouth, how to chew it up, how to cut through it, how to grind food up and then push it with your tongue to the back of their throat is a huge learning curve and a huge process. This is why it can be so frustrating to see babies who just spit the food right back out of their mouth, but it's overwhelming. Maybe it's too much. Maybe they can't find it in their mouth. Maybe they had no idea they even spit it out and they're looking for it in there and they had no idea. (laughs) It is a huge learning curve for our babies. So teeth are not a prerequisite to starting solid. So what do we do? If we have a baby who is all gums, no teeth, what do we do with starting solids? So what you want to think about is the foods that they're able to cut through and mash up between their gums. So this is where that smushability rule goes into effect. I talk about this a little bit on my Instagram. I have a post um, that you can scroll back and watch as well. And it's it's essentially um, like if you were to take a banana and cut it into strips and then smush it between your two fingers, there's give there, right? It holds its shape. You can hold it up. You can move it around. You can cut it up. You can put it on the plate and it's holding its shape. It doesn't turn into banana soup. But when you push on it with your fingers, when you add pressure, it smushes, right? And it breaks apart and it cuts in two or, you know, whatever. So this is the smushability test that you want to do for your infant. So especially for those first few months of life um, or sorry, not life. Whoa, whoa, whoa first few months of eating. That's what I meant. (laughs) So again, starting solids around six months of age. I have a whole podcast episode on starting solids if you want to go back and listen to that. But um, for the first few months of starting solids, we want to offer foods that pass that smushability test typically with most foods. Um, And that's how we know that their gums are able to mash it up. Their gums are super strong (laughs) and they're still angled in a way that helps mush food up. So I want you to put your forefinger, your your pointer finger and your thumb together. And that's essentially what they can do with their gums. I know it's wild, but they really are super strong. So if you can smash through it without like extraneous effort, 
they're going to be able to mash it up with their gums, which is really quite cool. And as they progress and get more and more teeth and the teeth start coming together and they're able to manipulate the food a little bit more, you'll see that they'll be able to progress a little bit in how they're chewing up food, how much time it's spending in their mouth, how little it's becoming in their mouth before they swallow it versus earlier on in starting solid. So this is all a process that takes time. So we want to give them that time and um, really that that time to practice. Um, a great way to do this is using like sticks of food. So like a banana, I don't know if you guys know this trick and it's super hard to explain over podcast, but if you open up a banana and you have the whole banana in your hand, you break it in half. If you stick your finger down the middle of the banana, it actually splits into three sticks, which is so wild, but that's like a stick of food. Or you can also look at your adult pinky finger um, for some people, maybe with smaller hands, maybe your pinky and your ring finger. But really we're looking at that like four inch long by one half inch cube stick of food, if we're offering food in that form, it really helps activate the back molars of um, where their molars are going to be and helps them learn how to uh, manipulate food around their mouth, how to chew, how to clamp down on things, how to mush things up. All of that is super important. So if we want to kind of think of it in that stick format, not every single food needs to be like that, but I find that's really helpful for little ones as they're learning to Um, use that function of their mouth. So I also just want to quickly touch on the fact that when we're serving purees, um, although it is not inherently bad and there are certainly ways to serve purees, actually I have an entire episode on this as well if you want to go back and um, I think it's called baby led weaning or BLW versus purees. Um, You can tune into that and what I want to say here is that when we feed a baby purees, oftentimes it goes directly into their mouth and then is immediately swallowed. Um, so it's not activating any sides of their mouth. They're not having to chew anything. So it's really not developing that skill. Whereas with baby lead weaning, it is developing that skill so that when teeth do come, they are prepared for it. So all of that to be said, teeth are not a prerequisite to start table food. I can assure you that. And I also wanted to mention, if you're interested in learning more about baby led weaning, having a resource that not only references how to modify foods based on age for your baby, but also gives you recipes and full-on meal plans. I was really honored to be invited to create May's meal plan, the entire month of May's meal plan for different age groups um, of babies for the baby led weaning meals app. I'm going to link it down below. Um, I was super super grateful to be included, not only because I love um, adding value in that way and talking about this sort of thing, but also because I got to see inside the app and I was astounded at how much information is in there. You can search the recipes by vegetarian or simple or under 30 minutes or all of these sorts of things. And it was just an incredible experience to be able to see what Leah has created and be a part of it in some small way. So there is a link down below if you want to grab the app for yourself. Literally, it is at your fingertips to learn how to modify different foods for kids, which can give us so much peace of mind at meals, but it also gives you access to so many, I think hundreds of recipes and meal plans, um, which can be really helpful as well. So if you're interested in that, the link is down below. It is $1.99 for your first month, and I can honestly say it is something that I wish I had when I started solids with my son. And 
that is me being a registered dietitian. With all the information I had, I still felt really uneasy, especially around baby led weaning and how to modify foods. And this app is exactly what I wish I had. So I was super excited to partner with them to bring this app to you guys uh, for $1.99 for the first month. So the link is down below. And that is all for you guys today. I really want to touch on the importance of teeth and being able to baby led wean without teeth, uh, which is always something that comes up whenever I talk about baby led weaning. So that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.